Welcome to the Fear Boss Show, a show created to help you become the bravest, boldest, and most badass version of yourself yet. Now, this show is allergic to basic. It's a show that loves real talk. It's a show that will help you slay self-doubt, and it's a show designed to help you check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm your host, Judy Holler, best-selling author, keynote speaker, improv theater junkie, and a hip-hop-loving entrepreneur. It's kind of like this. If Amy Poehler and Dr. Dre had a baby, uh, that would basically be me. I am obsessed with helping you smash comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can get more freedom in your life personally and professionally. This podcast is going to help you do just that. So, are you ready? Let's get this fear party started. You are listening to The Fear Boss Show, episode 36. This episode may contain some adult content and language, so please take care while listening. Hi, Fear Boss, and welcome back to The Fear Boss Show. This is a show obsessed with helping you smash those comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can be just a little bit braver than you were yesterday. And Fear Boss, I am so pumped about today's episode. Well, I guess I'm always pumped about all the episodes, but today I'm really pumped because we're going to tackle a badass Fear Boss question that came in from a fear boss named Natalie around how to build authentic relationships virtually and what to do when you get shut down or shamed after putting yourself out there. I mean, has this happened to you? Like you send someone an email or a DM and you think you're being authentic. And then someone says that you're being slimy or salesy. And this is why people that do what you do get a bad rap. Oh, That just like, even just saying that to you feels so icky and gross and it feels like defeat. And I know you've probably been through this too, where you've put yourself out there and it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. So now what do you do? How do you rebound? And more importantly, how do you make sure this doesn't happen again? So instead of feeling empowered, like you just did something brave, you end up feeling awful and defeated and kind of gross and like you did something wrong or even worse that you yourself are wrong. Listen, no matter what you do for a living, you got to put yourself out there. You got to be brave enough to do that. And sometimes, fear boss, you're going to get it right and it's going to work. And then sometimes, fear boss, you're going to get it wrong and it won't. So the intention of this week's episode is to help you connect with more swagger and to do it bravely and to keep going even when, even when you don't get the response you desired. And bonus, I am bringing in my favorite, my favorite digital communicator, Miss Erin King, who is an expert at helping you communicate compellingly, say that three times in a row, (laughs) in a digital world. In other words, she's the shit at helping you find ways to connect authentically online like an OG fear boss would. Oh, and by the way, she's so smart and so much fun. She's got all kinds of good energy. And I'm telling you right now, you better get your notebooks ready, have a pen, a piece of paper, your iPad, your notes on your iPhone, however you take notes, because this one is going to be full of juicy ideas. 
But first, I can't go any further without shouting out our fear boss of the week, who is Ash91091. Ashley! So she writes just what I needed and gives us five stars. Thank you for that beautiful review. Ashley, she says, Judy has relit my fire and this podcast has been just what I needed. I feel so inspired to really put myself out there and push myself to do and be the best at anything I dive into. Oh, and I just downloaded Fear is My Homeboy on Audible and purchased the Fear Boss Project workbook. Well, Ashley, thank you for all the things for buying the book and buying the workbook. And I'll link up to all those things in the show notes if you would like to learn more, yet it means the world to me, Ashley, that you left us a review on Amazon. These reviews mean so much, and because you did that, you are my fear boss of the week, so DM me or send us an email at hello at judyholler.com. Send me your best mailing address, and fear boss swag will be in the mail to you. And a quick shout out for this week's episode sponsor, which is the store, the Fear Boss store. Yo, it is no secret that I'm obsessed with stickers and swag and all the inspirational merchandise. So because of that, I knew we needed some Fear Boss inspirational merch. So I created a Fear Boss store for you so you can buy Fear Boss stickers for your laptop, Fear Boss notebooks for your dreams, Fear Boss fanny packs to bring swagger to your workouts and your walks, and uh, even Fear Boss hoodies to keep you warm, plus so much more. And bonus, bonus, anytime you shop, you can use the code FEARBOSS15 as my gift to you to get 15% off of anything you want except the workbooks. Those are Amazon-specific only. So I'll link up to the store in the show notes, and you can visit judyholler.com forward slash merchandise anytime to shop all the Fear Boss merch. And don't forget to use Fear Boss 15 when you're checking out to get that 15% off. Okay, Fear Boss, let's get into it. Up next is my chat with the one and only Miss Erin King, who is not only a social slash digital persuasion queen, she also decided to write a whole book about it. And that book is called Digital Persuasion. Uh, she's the author of that best-selling book. I'll link up to Aaron and all the things about Aaron in the show notes, but she's also the creator of the social media spa, which is a digital and social media course that is really awesome. And she's also a keynote speaker and has built an impressive resume speaking to direct selling organizations and companies really all over the country. So if you are a direct seller, if you are in direct sales specifically, you're going to love this episode. And if you're an entrepreneur who is building a business or a brand, really, who has anything to say or sell, this episode is going to be for you specifically. Erin's going to share so many tactical pieces of advice to help you, number one, authentically and bravely connect online. Number two, to help you digitally persuade your prospects without sounding creepy. And number three, we're going to talk about how to create content and little tricks you can use to really connect. So you ready? Let's do this. Here is my chat with Miss Erin King. Well, hi, Miss Erin King. I am so pumped to have you here on the Fear Boss Show officially. Judy, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. 
Yes. And there is like no better human being to be on the show, uh, considering we're about to talk about digitally persuading people. And honestly, your book, Erin, taught me so much. I know, spoiler alert, you're in the process of writing another book, but your first book, Digital Persuasion, taught me so much. Fear Boss, I will link up to it in the show notes. Uh, You're such a great storyteller, by the way. I've told you that, right? You're a really good storyteller. Oh, gee, that is so nice. I mean, I will tell you, my husband thinks I tell the longest stories and we will be at a dinner party or in the old days. And I would see him kind of taking his hand and making this downward landing of the plane motion, which means like wrap it up and bring it home. (laughs) But it's the Irish background. We are storytellers. And I mean, you know, there's no better way to bring it alive. And so it's a skill that we're always working on to tell better and better stories, right? So I love it. That's sweet. It's so good. So yeah, the book is great. You'll get so much really beautiful tactical advice on how to communicate really quickly and clearly and in creative ways that will help you digitally persuade the other human being you're interacting with. But also like Aaron as a fellow speaker, I'm just so glad to have you in my tribe because you are the real deal. And as a friend, girl, you're such a light. And I'm so glad we met, which is ironically related to what we're going to talk about today because we we met on like the Instagram. We like were Instagram like crushing on each other. And then like a DM happened, right? Yeah. I think. <laughs> I feel like we're one of those couples that were like, we met on match. Is that okay? Yeah. Like we're like, we met on Instagram. Is that weird? <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Like, we met on yeah. Instagram and then we became yeah. real life friends. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I just had you on my podcast and we were talking about how important it is to build up that bench of baddies. And it's not often that you run across a gal that you just can tell from their videos and their energy that you just have to be in each other's lives. And that was the feeling I had. And I think I reached out and was super creepy and was like, do you want to FaceTime sometime? And you were like, sure. <laughs> and and we then we did. talked for like an hour and, and that was all. And then we met in person like a month later and we drank yeah. way too much wine and closed at a restaurant. And then we were just, that was it. It was all she wrote. So um, she yeah, wrote. adore you. I love it. Back at you. So let's segue that into the first question we're going to tackle from the Fear Boss fam. So a Fear Boss named Natalie wrote this question to me about a month ago, Erin. And when I received it, I was like, oh my God, Aaron King, I am saving this for my episode with Aaron because I knew I wanted to get you on the podcast. And it goes back to the Instagram, like you making that connection with me and like all of us trying to make connections with said strangers on the internet that we're either trying to do business with or meet or whatever, right? And so let me me do this. I'm going to read you the question and then I'm going to shut up. I want to hear what you would say to her and then we'll sort of have a conversation about how to help the spear boss. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. It's like, dear Abby, this is so, oh my God, this is so fun. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It says I made a relatively new Facebook friend. We'll call her Kim from a women's social group that I added. And I think the reason why I reached out to her was that after we became Facebook friends, she sent me a video introducing herself and her business, which is coaching women. And I just thought that it was a cool way to introduce yourself on Facebook. So when I saw that Kim was living in Canada, I reached out to her and said something like, how cool that you live in Canada and I'm looking to grow my team there. I didn't save that text message, but I think I told Kim the name of the company, which is New Skin, and some of the products that are going viral right now on the internet. Kim wrote me back and basically called me out saying that that's not the way to do business. Kim wrote, 
I don't even know you and you're asking me to refer people to you and I just don't know you. You haven't made any kind of effort to build a relationship with me first. So I kindly wrote her back and of course used the word sorry and Kim's reply back was this. Natalie, doing business is all about relationships. You didn't offend me. It just saddened me. As I said, that's the tactic that turns people off about network marketing, and you don't even get a chance to share the amazing product you represent. I just encourage you to revisit your strategy. So Judy, this is when I thought of you. I'd love any ideas as to how I can be super creative in relationship building Because I know trust and authenticity are key. How can we humans who are used to making connections face-to-face make these connections in just a few DMs? So like Erin, what did Natalie do wrong? What did she do right? And what do we do when things like this happen? Okay. So, so much to unpack here. (laughs) This is a great, great example of situations that we've all been in online. Judy, you and I both have found ourselves in various scenarios over the years that have some degree of Natalie's situation. So let's just break it down one thing at a time. First of all, the truth is when it comes to how we type and how we talk, We do not type like we talk. So Mm -hmm. what I would encourage Natalie to do is to revisit her messages and really, she mentioned like, I had this text, I forget what I sent. So we think that we are just sending these DMs and sending these captions and sending these emails and and we're just firing it off and we're just living our best life behind the screen. But the reality is, is that sometimes the way that we are texting in our minds feels like normal, cool, persuasive, influential, down-to-earth, girls, girl, us. But when you really revisit some of the things, the emails that you send, the texts you send, and you really look at them with fresh eyes and you kind of separate your texting and your typing from how you talk, you Mm. will be shocked and sometimes horrified to see how we type. So the number one thing is like talking about the intentionality around how you're showing up from behind the screen. When your fingers are hitting that keyboard. You don't just show up and throw up bleh. You have to be aware, first of all, that you are operating in a space that you are technically set up to not be that powerful in operating within. For example, there is a study that came out last year that I cannot get out of my head, blew my mind. Actually, it was a couple years ago in my book. And the study said that not only are we more persuasive face-to-face in person than we are behind screens, but we are 34 times more persuasive in person than behind Mm. screens. (laughs) Now look, math is not my jam, but if you break it down, that means that it takes 200, follow this friends, 200 digital requests, like, will you watch my video? Will you join my team? Will you buy my book? Will you do whatever, right? 200 of those digitally to equal the same number of yeses as just six, six in-person asks. Wow. So that's not like we're just a little more persuasive in person. That's like a grand canyon-sized gap between yeah. online you and offline you. So, so number one is to just be aware that however, Natalie, you crafted that message or how you think you crafted it, maybe revisit it, take a peek with fresh eyes and say, hmm, what did I really send? What did I really say? Because obviously something about that message triggered this gal, particularly because she came to you first. So you were kind of hitting her back with a triple stamp, a double stamp situation, right? right? So I think there's, so the second thing is unpack is this. Okay. This entire exchange is what I like to call too soon. Okay. This is a too soon exchange. <laughs> 
Okay. It's like dating. Think about it's like a networking event or like dating. If you're dating and you just meet this person and they're like, I want to get married to someone someday. And then you're like, I also want to get married to someone someday. And the cocktails haven't even arrived. Like (laughs) slow the roll. Okay. That's just too hot out the gates. It's also like networking events where those terrible networking events where someone just face blasts you with their elevator pitch. That sounds like someone's LinkedIn bio. And they're just, this is me and this is what I do and blah, blah, blah. And so then you're like, your eyes are rolling back in your head. They come up for air, take a breath. What do you do? You hit them back with your pitch. You, you pitch slap them as my friend Ron Tite. Pitch slap. Hashtag pitch slap. That's a Ron Tite. That's a Ron Tite quote. You pitch slap them right back. Which I thought that was so funny when I heard him say that. But it's just too soon. I mean, I mean, you want to figure out a way to approach digital with, with a goal in mind. Like your goal is not to pack everything into whether it's the video message that she sent you, Natalie, or the message you sent back. If you don't know someone, you don't reach out, introduce yourself, talk about your products and make an ask all in one message. Mm. It's just too much. When you and I, when I was girl dating you on Instagram, I didn't message you with a multi-scroller in my old DM and say, hi, Judy, um, love your work. This is me and my whole life story. I have this book, me, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then hit you with the big ass, like want to spend 60 minutes with me face-to-face on a very personal <laughs> FaceTime. You'd have been like, delete and block. Okay, yeah. so it's the same situation. So we have to slow our roll and remember that the goal of digital is to ignite real, powerful dialogue. Mm. Oh, Erin, I can't even. So let me ask you an additional question here. So one of the things I did like in Natalie's email was that this girl that she was connecting with, this other woman who had sent her the Facebook video, sent her a video. And it gave Natalie this jolt of dopamine thinking, oh my God, we've made a connection. And when And what you just said is that we are more likely, we have way better statistics face-to-face. And since we can't be face-to-face right now, and some of us can't, right? We are making these connections digitally. Do you find that video? So the video that this girl sent Natalie is what triggered that dopamine that gave Natalie the confidence to even reach out. And maybe Natalie moved a little too fast, right? And needs to revisit some of her text. Uh, Do you think sending video messages like that are cool? ways to sort of slowly making them, of course, personal, useful, and brief, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Do you think those are smart ways to sort of make a connection if video is a strength for you? Well, the last part that you said is absolutely okay. key because, you know, I, I started my career working in television advertising and we used to shoot these local TV ads that I ended up, we, we were, it was super budget. I mean, we're talking like it was the local little shop that wanted to be on broadcast television. They had no budget and so they didn't, they couldn't hire any talent. So I was, I would sell the account and then sit down with the video crew. And then I was also like scrubbing the grout from the shower tiles with like the <laughs> bandana. And then, you know, I mean, I was, I was the girl buying the house with the keys of my fake husband who's one of the camera guys. Like I was in all these super cheesy, thank God it was right before the internet really exploded, like 2004, (laughs) right? Anyway, like luckily they're not on YouTube because I would never live them down or have a career. But the point of the story (laughs) is that we would have certain clients that would say, you know, I'm going to buy this TV ad and I want to be the face of my car dealership. And it would be, as they say in the South, one of these bless your heart kind of fellas, right? With more of a voice for radio, if you know what I'm saying. And, yes. and, and, and the personality that kind of makes you want to stab yourself in the eye. And so you would say to yourself, 
hmm, maybe we'll do a voiceover and keep the images and visuals fresh because unless you are really powerful on the screen and you know to look in the camera and not at yourself and you know to eliminate ums and ahs and you know to be changing tones of your voice and body language, unless you are, just like you said, a skilled video person, you are much better off not doing video than doing it poorly. So if you want to try an experiment with video, super powerful medium. I use it often. Send your dearest friends, send your truth tellers a video and ask them, hey, shoot me straight. Would you respond to this gal and see what they say? Because again, we just can't see ourselves the way our friends can. So, So video is awesome. As far as like kind of circling it back to Natalie and this gal, you know, so she sends her the video. Okay. So Natalie starts to open up and she's thinking, okay, this is great. Now what Natalie did was instead of responding to the content of her video and Natalie, if you're listening, we've all been there. So don't take offense to this because I I have done this myself in the past. We've all done it. We think, Ooh, it's, there's an opportunity. We see an opportunity and we just want to grab it. We just want to go for it and show up and throw up and blah. I get it. I have done it. I have been there. So, so if this is all in love and what you did was fine. We're just going from fine to fantastic here, okay? So, so when you look at at the response, we always want to be to be interesting. We want to be interested, right, Dale Carnegie? So, so if you wanted to really engage her in a relationship, she came at you first with the video. The reply might have been more powerful to open that dialogue if it had been super specific to what she was talking about first. So, working backwards from the party she had already started versus also trying to throw your own party simultaneously as a hit back. So I would have said that the best response in that scenario to set yourself up for success would have been to respond to what she was, maybe it was her coaching. Tell me more about, you know, your book or your programs or why you do what you do. So starting with them, leading with what's personal to them might have warmed up the dialogue where your new skin opportunity might have been unveiled later in a more organic way. Because keep in mind, okay, two things about this. I work with a lot of MLMs and direct selling companies, as do you, Judy. And what we know to be true about that industry is that unfortunately – there is a stigma surrounding that business. And it's because of a couple of bad apples ruined the bushel kind of psychology. Now, I have a lot of dear friends that that business model has changed their life, mm. literally. So I'm a believer because I've seen the power of what it can do. Now, everyone has a smartphone and an internet connection. So basically, you, if you think about it, the bar is pretty low for anyone to become their own publishing company. And without proper guidelines or strategy, people were just showing up and throwing up and copying and pasting and just being all around nightmares for so long long with the Hey Girls and If I Told You This and Financial Freedom, that it became a bit of a cesspool. And so the cream rises to the top in that scenario. But what you have to know is like being a lawyer, you know, like being other industries, there is a preconceived notion, even a keynote speaker, (laughs) there's a preconceived notion of what people are going to get when they encounter you, right? So, So knowing that you're going in with this chip stacked against you, it's even more important that you digitally differentiate yourself by operating in a way that's counterintuitive to what they think you're going to be like. What they think you're going to be like, Natalie, is a pushy MLM person who's pushing the team and pushing the products and push, push, push. What you want to be, Natalie, 
You want to pull. You want to attract. You want to wait until you have engaged her with tell me about your business and your coaching and your book and your why. And you want to wait for that moment where they say to you, tell me about you. Because now they are palms up. They are leaning forward. They are open. That stigma has been evaporated. And now you are sharing what you do and what you're passionate about in a more organic, natural way, much like we communicate in the real world. Does that make sense? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, It's so good and it's so important. And I love that you really touched on, well, two things. Number one, it's like we, we have to maybe attend their party first. Like we can't just make them come to our party, right? And buy what we're selling without spending a little time in their house and getting to know them. And so it's like slowing your role and, you know, kind of like what we do in any of our real life relationships, right? Usually, unless it's a really good date, you're not making out on the first date, right? So, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna slow your role a little bit. And the other thing I love that you said, Erin, and this is exactly where we're going next. One of the big ideas, the big idea behind your framework on digitally persuading others is to use the pub method inspired by a great story that I'm not even going to tell because you got to go read the book to get it. It's inspired by an Irish pub, which is so perfect from an Irish woman. Um, but it's, 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 it stands for personal, useful, and brief. And this is really the secret weapon to standing out online. And the first component is personal. And you said that about a hundred times as we were coaching Natalie here, that you want to start by making that personal connection. Can you talk to us a little bit about useful and brief to sort of close the loop there? Any, any pieces of advice and nuggets as people are starting to think about making their messages personal, useful, and brief? Well, being useful and brief sort of maps back to personal, right? Because if you are operating from your recipient's point of view, if you are walking in your audience's shoes, if you are trying to get inside your buyer's mind, you want to offer something useful and you want to be brief so that the reaction from your prospect, from your audience, from your follower, from your fan is that they are saying, yes, I just want more of Judy. I want more of Natalie. I want more of this. And people want more of what is useful and what comes in there, drops that knowledge, lifts them up, gives them that light, and then you're out and you're moving on. Because the truth is, is that right now, particularly spending so much more time behind screens than we even were before, which is terrifying. The reality is that we are treading water in the cesspool of the internet and we are being hit with 300 messages on average a day per person. Mm. And so if you think about how you are going through your inbox, now we're all different. Some of us are perfect inbox zero saints that are in this land of perfectly organized folders and, and everything is labeled and tagged and searchable. And I, I commend you, you are a better person than me. I am in more <laughs> of the scroller category um, where I am just trying to get to what is important. And I am just with my, my little finger sword, I am just swiping. Yes, I care. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yes, I do. And so if you think about it, you make that decision in about 2.5 seconds. You read about 10 words. You are absorbing just about the length of a mobile notification preview. Think about that little teaser of an email or those first few words of a text. In those first few words, your brain has evolved to say, okay, is this important or not? Are we interested or not? Because they're trying to move on to get through this jungle of information, this infodemic that we're also battling. And so 
you really just like meeting someone on the first date, even just like the first 10 seconds of her video that she sent you, Natalie, you are making judgments and assumptions and decisions about this person from their very first sentence. And when you are trying to stop someone's scroll, get them to lean forward and give you a shot, those first 10 words are the most important weapon that you have. Because if you don't nail those first 10 words, you don't get paragraph two. You don't get the ask. You don't get the link. You don't get anything. So you have to win. I call it the power of the preview. You have to win that open to earn that later goodness. Ooh, that's so good. So this is perfect. So I heard you once say, and I think it was on a webinar we did together. I had you do a webinar when everything happened at the very beginning with COVID. We did a webinar together. Remember this? And we were, I was offering up all these free fear parties and you were one of my guest speakers. And we talked about some of these ideas. And one of the things you told me on that webinar, you taught on that webinar, and I've never forgotten it, was that three of your favorite ways to open any sort of social micro content or anything you're creating to sort of tell a story with the post is to start your like post with, so there you are, imagine that you have you ever. And so job, I, Judy, you remember, I am obsessed <laughs> and you'll see me do it. I always get so proud when I do it. I'm like, I wonder if she's noticed that I've, I've done that. And I, do I just, notice. Good. And I and I just read an article that takes that even further. And I, I will have to link up in the show notes for your boss because it's that new of data. But there is a, a piece of research that shows that your content or your video, so your micro content online or your video that you're posting to wherever is like 10 times or six times more likely to be viewed and watched if you use the word you in the first sentence. And so, Mm -hmm. Erin, I think that's where you're going when you talk about using. So there you are. Imagine that you and have you ever. These are ways we can capture attention and probably stand out. Wouldn't you think when we're creating that micro content and those videos? Well, it's so, it's so true. I'm so proud that you remember that because it really is a game changer. So there are so many studies about persuasive language. And in running my social media agency for the last 10 years, we have A-B tested hundreds of thousands, literally, of captions and permutations of words and language and looked for patterns. What influences behavior? What sparks action? What ignites emotion? And there is a clear definitive pattern in our own research within my agency, as well as that study that you read, Judy, that shows that I is the least persuasive word Mm. in the English language and also the most used. So this kind of maps back full circle to Natalie's issue, you know, earlier where we want to make sure that we are being intentional about the language that we use, that we're not just firing off the text and firing off the email because when we are behind screens, okay, let's do a tiny, tiny bit of science, just a little, a little dab of science. Ooh, That's science, crazy. My favorite. dab of science. <laughs> so, there, so, so when you see, you know, when you see people online, especially now these, these days and people are fighting about politics and people are fighting about civil unrest and people are fighting about masks and all the things. It's just a lot, a lot going on. Right. And have you ever seen someone that you adore in real life and you see a comment that they made and you're like, oh, okay. Dude, Didn't know that we just had that going on. And Aaron, like, that just happened to me the other day with somebody I love and it was like a bitchy comment. And I was like, yo. Yeah. Whoa. So 
it, it makes me so like, sad. Yeah. It is. And it, it, it's kind of like you want to unread it because you're like, oh, didn't yes. you know that you were like that? Well, here's the thing. Okay. So she is not, she or he is not a bad person. What is happening when you see behavior like that? Even yourself. I have an instance in my own life where I made a comment in a group that I, I deleted and I wish, like I, looking back, it's my one cringy, like, you know, our, our earlier conversation today, Judy, you said you fear regret. This mm. is like my, it's, it's for good reason because regret's the worst and it follows you around. Yeah. And I had this horrible regret of this comment that I made. Long story long, the point is what's happening to me, your friend, you, all of us, is that when we get behind screens, there is actually a psychological phenomenon. It's literally a scientific phenomenon. It's called the online disinhibition effect. I call Whoa. it the ODE for short. The Dude, o. you are so fancy right now with that lingo, dropping some knowledge. Let's talk the, about that. What's that mean? Okay, so I'm gonna break it down. We'll call it the ODE for short. Okay, online disinhibition effect. It is what psychologists use to describe how we behave online because when we're behind screens, not only are we physically separated, not mm. only is there sometimes a delay, it's asynchronistic, so a little bit of a delay. So like, you, know, you write a little comment, maybe they see it 10 minutes later, five minutes later, hour later tomorrow. There's like a delay in the response, right? And we can't always see people's nonverbal in their comments, like if they're crying or if they're smiling. So things get lost in translation. So all these things come together, Judy. And ultimately what it does, all these factors are are at play when we're communicating behind screens, that it lowers our inhibitions. Similarly, so basically screens have the same effect on our brains as a glass of wine or something else that lowers your inhibitions. And ultimately it makes you show up and do things that maybe you wouldn't be bold or rude or dumb enough to in real life. So when you see your shadow self showing up online or you see other people's shadow selves showing up online, it's literally a psychological phenomenon. We are not set up to be our most empathetic, powerful, authentic, Mm. persuasive self behind screens. And once you know that, once you know that, that, this is why you can be more intentional and tap into, for example, really examining your first 10 words and making sure that your audience is in focus because persuasion is personal. I mean, we, we all know that. Unless you can see yourself, you're not going to stop the scroll. And so a simple flip of one word, one word, one word, looking out for those eyes and switching them to use, just being aware of your eye bombs and turning them into <laughs> use. Maybe it is how you ever, have you ever, maybe it is imagine that you, maybe it's so there you are. I mean, it could be any permutation that the point is you're using you in those first 10 words. So your audience is like, okay, this is about me. I see myself. And what it does is it forces your brain to shatter through that ode mode to break through the barriers of the screen and to show up more like the empathetic, powerful, influential, persuasive you that shows up in real life. Damn. I love this so much. No more I-bombs. We can keep the F-bombs coming. F-bomb all day long, (laughs) y'all. Although I would highly recommend not putting F-bombs in your micro content, you know, although I welcome them here from time to time, but no more I-bombs. And you know what, Erin, I'll give the the Fear Boss fam a tactical example here. So an example of this, and this is something I, I used recently and I use it often so you can scroll through my social media and see this, but Erin, like a really good example of this would be, you know, I heard from someone, they once said, have more learn from me moments instead of look at me moments. Think learn from me, learn from me, learn from me instead of look at me. And so that has never really left my mind. And so take, for example, a picture of me. I work as a keynote speaker, virtual keynote speaker now, but that's a big part of my business. So I've got this great badass picture of myself on stage. Same, Aaron, you've got this awesome picture of you on stage and you could post 
oh my God, I love standing ovations. This was the best client ever. That is a look at me post. That's probably going to get some eye rolls, some unfollows, and just some blasts, right? Not a lot of reach, not a lot of engagement. Flip the script and do what Aaron's saying and turn that into a photo of Aaron on stage, right? In a really cool room, maybe with the standing ovation, maybe with the big audience. And instead of saying, look at me, you say, have you ever gotten really nervous before you've given a speech? Yeah, me mm-hmm. too. Here are three things I do to calm my nerves. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Now it's you're a so, partner. And so that's it. That's it in motion, right, Erin? It's so good, Judy. And you know, the, my version of that is show about you, type about them. Ooh, show about that. you visually, type about them verbally. So for example, if you go on my Instagram at Mrs.Aaron.King, you will see it is selfies everywhere. It is the Aaron King show. It's me. And of course, this photo was just impromptu with no makeup or false magnetic lashes or 98 takes to get one where my arm doesn't look fat. False. We are curating a news feed <laughs> that is beautiful and it's not totally authentic, but it's it's putting our best foot forward like on a first date or on a job interview and bringing our best self to the party. So if you scroll through, it's me, 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 me. Show about you. Fine. What else are you going to show about? We're in quarantine. All you got to do is take pictures of yourself and your dog and your husband, right? And your kids. (laughs) So that's fine. And if you look at my captions and you scroll through my language, you will see that my ratio of use to eyes is very intentionally 90, 10, 90% of my captions have use. It's use to eyes because what I'm saying is like, I'm bringing them on the journey with me and I'm saying, here's what I learned. Here was the takeaway. Here's what I did. Here's the recipe. Here was the moment. Here's where it started. Here's the backstory. Here's what you can't see from this photo alone. And that is the useful and that is the brief. So if you can figure out thinking about, okay, maybe if you're listening to this and you feel uncomfortable showing all about you and your life and isn't that kind of you know, show, 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 totally fine. Show your photo, but then make what you're writing about them. Bring them on the journey with you. So it's a we and not an I. Mm, Beautiful. What an awesome way to close out this. Erin, I could talk to you like this is such fear boss. Let me know. Do you want more conversations like this about how to connect more authentically online? I think this is something we're all struggling with. And I think um, we can continue to have these brave conversations because how we show up online is so important. And guess what? It's not going anywhere. And I would highly encourage you. I'm going to link up to everything in the show notes. I'll link up to Erin's book, her social media, all the ways to get in touch with Erin. But I would highly encourage you to get to know Erin. She's got an incredible digital course called the Social Media Spa that will help you take your game to the next level, your fear boss game to the next level, and just all the things. Erin, I do want want to uh, put you in the hot seat before we go. And I want to ask you five rapid fire questions. I think this could be fun just to learn a little bit more about you. Plus, I love learning things from people. So are you ready? Do you want to play with me? Sure. Let's okay. do it. Yes, and. Okay. Yes, and. Okay. What is your go-to? I'm obsessed with morning rituals. What's your like go-to morning ritual? Do you have one? Okay. okay. Yes. And I never had one before because I don't like routine at all or organization at all. I'm very, I'm, I'm in the moment to a fault. And so I started reading our mutual friend, Amy Landino's book, Good Morning, Good Life. Yeah. Book. Okay. So she's all about the morning ritual. And so 
I'm 12 pages in and I'm like, I'm convinced I'm doing one. So I have been doing it for the last two weeks and I have to say there is something to it. It really grounds me and I'm finding myself liking this thing, getting it off on the right foot. So it's nothing game changing. I've just been uh, charging my phone in the other room so good. and checking in with myself before I check in with the world, which is easier said than done. You've mm-hmm. heard it before, but to actually do it is a game changer. So waking up and doing a little of the hot water with the lemon. And I bought this jade roller on Amazon that I keep mm. in the fridge and I start just rolling out all these dusty yes. little wrinkles. And, and then I make my little smoothie and write my gratitude. And I do my gratitude, my morning pages, and I write for a half hour and whatever comes out on the page. I try not to judge it. I just let it flow. And, and then um, I get the itch. And then like an addict, I open my Instagram app and my email <laughs> and dive back into the world of digital existence. But for that brief 30 minutes, it is Zen AF. And I sure do like it a lot. It's pretty cool. So good. And that's the truth, Fear Boss, because we, you know, in the Fear Boss community, we talk about this a lot, but it's the truth that when you own your morning, you own your day. And when you own your day, you begin to own your life. So even if you're taking mm. 10 minutes 20 minutes. You could start really small, make it a fear experiment, but I love that you're reading Landino's book and giving yourself that gift. That is awesome. Okay. What a great way to hype you up for the day, but what is a song that keeps you hyped? Do you have like a hype song that you're into right now? I do. And I overuse it on all my videos and I play it backstage. I play it on stage and I'm not sick of it yet. Somehow, even though I think the OG version is almost 30 years old, I am a huge huge Whitney RIP Whitney Houston fan and I love her song Higher Love but I like the remix with Kygo it's one of my favorite songs and it's in my speaker reel and it's like I'm kind of like okay people probably are over this song but for whatever reason I hear that little and I just get going I don't know what it is yeah so good (laughs) all about more love that higher love right love love for what you do love for your audience love for Mm. life it's just good vibes you know good vibes I love it girl that's such a good one what's your favorite book fiction or nonfiction? Ooh, okay. So as you know, I just started my podcast, Highlights, which is all nonfiction books. Yeah. So I'll link up. Yeah. I'm going to throw it back to my OG uh, nerdy book English major nerd inside me, and I'm going to go super classic. I have read the book Pride and Prejudice probably 18 times. No joke. I am obsessed with that book. It's so not fashionable or cool, but I just, you know, I love a little, a little Austin in my life, you know? So, so dope. See, always learning things. Did not, (laughs) did not expect that or see it coming, but I love it. That's so good. Pride and Prejudice. Okay. What is the best purchase you've made under a hundred bucks in the last six months? Okay. I am not just saying this because this is your podcast. When you sent out your Fear Boss Friday email yeah. and you had that link to the little whippy foamy latte maker, what is oh. that thing? Oh, it's it is, called the freaking, um, it's oh. called Zule Kitchen. Zule, and the Zule it, coffee frother. It has changed my life. I, <laughs> it's a game this changer. This is so dumb, but when I make my coffee, you just, if you guys haven't seen this, Judy promoted it a couple weeks ago and you just put it in your sad little make it home, boring, my little Starbucks instant crappy craps. And then I put this little fun bun in there and it just gets going. And I feel like I am just, I picture myself in an Italian cafe outside wearing a fabulous outfit with my frothy Americano. And I'm just trans. And for a moment, that little, I think it's 
it's like $15 or 10 bucks cheap. It, in that moment, I am in a fancy cafe and it's like, what pandemic? I'm in Italy. I love it. I love it. I love it. So it's called the Zule Coffee Frother. It comes oh. in like 15 different colors. I'll link up in the show notes, but yes, me too. <laughs> and you know what I bought over the weekend? I bought a little uh, shaker, a little shaker, like a salt and pepper shaker. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cute one. I bought it at like Hobby Lobby. I just bought one of it and it like matches my kitchen and I filled it with cinnamon. So now I even sprinkle cinnamon right on top. And Ooh. so I'm like legit in Paris. Like uh, every oh. morning I'm like in <laughs> Paris. Oh, we wait. Oh, so- I love it. I'm so glad you said that one. Okay. Last but not least, before we get you out of here, what does being a fear boss mean to you? Mm, Well, we just spent an hour diving into fears, my homeboy on my podcast. And I would say that I, my answer two hours ago would have been different, but from our Mm. conversation that we just had, I am feeling like being a fear boss what, what I heard from you and your book, the word that came to mind for me was freedom. Ugh. It felt so freeing to hear all the ways that we can toss off these bogus shackles, that we construct these stupid narratives that we spin in our minds that are just not real. I mean, they aren't real and they aren't necessary. And so when we were talking about how you separate yourself from your fear and you talked about how there's you, but you are not your fear. Your fear is a separate entity to the point that we can talk to our fear and tell it what we are going to do because we are driving and we can send it away. We can, we can do whatever. When I asked you, I said, what is your mic drop record scratching phrase that you tell your fear? And you said, thank you. And when I heard that, that you could actually thank your fear instead of hating it or being crippled by it or being held down by it, that you could actually profess gratitude to something that's so limiting, it made me feel free. So I think Mm. that freedom is the biggest part of being a fear boss that I am definitely leaning into as hard as I can, especially these days. Oh, I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) That was so good. And what I love so much, thank you for that. What a beautiful way to wrap up this beautiful show, this brave show. And our Fear Boss mission, as the Fear Boss knows, is that we believe our freedom lives in smashing comfort zones. So freedom is one of the core words behind everything we do because we realize that we'll never get the freedom we want personally, professionally, financially, all of it, if we're not willing to do the uncomfortable things required in order to go earn it. And Erin, you are certainly a woman out there on a mission and you are doing so many beautiful, brave things in your business and you are surviving and thriving through COVID. It is so fun to watch you succeed. I am always over here cheering you on and I can't wait to have you back on the show. We'll have to make that happen eventually. But what a great time spent with you here on the show. And I know the Fear Boss fam and especially Natalie will walk away with some good stuff. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me, Judy. Take care. Bye. Okay, Fear Boss. Damn, there was so much good information in that conversation with Aaron, and I really hope you feel empowered to put yourself out there. And I most certainly hope you feel braver than you did when you listened to this podcast episode. Remember, uncomfortable things never feel less uncomfortable. Scary things never feel less scary. But you can and you will get stronger. It is okay 
to put yourself out there, you must. And now you have some ideas to help you do that with a little extra fear boss swagger. And I am over here cheering you on. When you try any of these ideas out, let me know. Send me a DM. Talk to me. Celebrate your success with me. I want to hear what works, what you tried out. Let's get braver together. I can't wait to be here with you next week for another episode of The Fear Boss Show. In the meantime, stay brave and keep experimenting with your fear. Well, hi there. It's me again. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so damn glad you're here. And if you loved this episode, which I hope you did, my hand is on my heart. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling a little extra boss today, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review on iTunes so more fear bosses like you can find this podcast. And better yet, share this podcast with the fear boss you love and encourage them to listen. For more on me, my work, and my keynotes, you can visit me at judyholler.com, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R.com to learn more. And this is also where you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called The Fear Boss 5, and it comes out every Friday where I share five things I'm loving, learning, and reading. It's one of my favorite things to do. And if you love this podcast, you're going to love the newsletter, and you can sign up right there on my website. My book is available at most of your favorite book retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, airports, all the things. So search me up on Google or type Judy Holler into Amazon and grab your copy. Last but not least, you can always come hang out with me on the social media. Instagram is my favorite place to be. I'm on Instagram at Judy Holler, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fear is my homeboy and Twitter as well at Judy Holler. Until next time, Fear Boss, keep experimenting with your fear and stay brave.